It's Sunday morning. Time for the great outdoors with Charlie Potter. Brought to you by the all-new Chevy Silverado and ChevyDriveChicago.com on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Morning and welcome to the Great Outdoors Show. Charlie Potter, your host here on WGN Radio 720 in Chicago. And wherever you may be listening this morning or if you podcast me, thanks for listening. Uh, this morning is, this morning's a bit of story time. Uh, but it's, it's also, uh, a recap of, of just a remarkable experience in the outdoors and one that many of you listening may have had if you've been to Alaska and for those of you who haven't, um, you've got to put it on your bucket list. I, I've been in Alaska, as you know, for the last week, because last week I had to do the show remotely. Uh, I'm back. Uh, I can say this much. I sure missed going in 2020, which was argue, I believe the first year I haven't been to Alaska in the past at least dozen. It is for me and for many people, the, the ultimate outdoor experience and this year well it was it was no exception in fact it was off the charts in in many ways weather the the worst weather you can imagine fishing the most incredible silver salmon fishing i've ever experienced environment i was in one of the most remote places on earth ducks Got a few of those too. Bear, moose, caribou. We saw the entire gamut of of big game in Alaska without really having to do much more than step out the door of our cabin. So as trips often occur, when you're headed to Alaska, plans change. Less than 20 hours before we were, 24 hours before we were going to meet, the plane to take us down on the Aleutian Peninsula near Pilot Point, a, a tiny little settlement that has a happens to have a long airstrip from Anchorage. We got texts. There were eight of us gathering from across the United States from as far away as Florida and Boston and California. A text saying a major storm was moving its way across the Pacific and would likely hit the Aleutian coast and Anchorage. Uh, Sunday. Could we get there Saturday to fly into camp a day early? You can only imagine what had to happen for eight individuals traveling the entire length of the North, width and length of the North American continent to get there a day early. We all arrived in Anchorage somehow on a gorgeous, just an absolutely gorgeous early fall, well, actually in Alaska, mid-fall afternoon. We ran over to the float plane center. We got all of our gear. The last group arrived as late as we possibly could fly because even though it stays light until nine o'clock in Alaska, the plane taking us down not only had to go to pilot point, but then had to turn around and come back to Anchorage, not something they wanted to do in the dark. So literally the last group got in the Anchorage airport and where we were whisked over to the plane and 
down to Pilot Point. We flew. I've been there once before in my life. As I said, it's a tiny little settlement. And we arrived there, headed to Lava Creek Lodge, which is a new outpost lodge on the Aleutian Peninsula. And I wasn't quite sure how we were going to get from Pilot Point to Lava Creek, but we soon found out we got in a series of tiny little planes, single-engine cubs, and even smaller. And we shuttled the 40-minute flight from Pilot Point down to Lava Creek, and we landed, well, it wasn't in an airstrip, we landed on the tundra and bounced as you do on the soft, spongy grass. We got out, and then we walked a quarter of a mile across the tundra, and mind you, it's getting later later in the day by now. And then we crossed the river in a small John boat to the other side, where we were met by a four-wheeler with a trailer, which then took our luggage and fishing gear a mile and a half along the creek to the lodge. It was quite the arrival. We're talking remote. This is remote. When the lights go out at night, there is no ambient light. And one of the incredible things about Alaska is if you get away from Anchorage or Juneau, Fairbanks, and you look up at night, that sky is is the clearest it can be, provided, of course, it doesn't rain which it does a lot in Alaska, and it does a lot on the Aleutian Peninsula. So this fabled storm was supposed to be arriving overnight. We woke up in the morning. Yes, it was cloudy, but the wind was not hurricane force, which had been uh, which had been projected. So we ran out to the river, which was right out the door. The silver salmon run was at its full fury. And in a matter of a couple hours, we lined the shoreline and all of us casting eight weight fly rods with big streamers, pink, of course, being the fly of choice. We caught so many fish in the first three hours. We, we basically were exhausted from fishing. And it's a good thing. We released all the fish because we came in for lunch. And again, we didn't fly out. We didn't go up the river by boats because this storm was was coming even though it looked kind of like the weather was really pretty nice well we went in for lunch and into the very simple but clean and very functional main uh cabin came out and you almost couldn't stand up within two hours it was as though we were in a hurricane but we weren't in a hurricane because alaska i guess doesn't get the equivalent of hurricanes the wind was certainly gusting over hurricane force, probably a steady 40 knots just blowing anyway. Some of us were foolish enough to try to go fishing. We <laughs> That lasted, well, it didn't last very long because something else happened in Alaska that absolutely never happens. Here we are standing on the banks of the creek, Cinder Creek, which is a mile from the Bering Sea, and it's stormy and the wind's blowing 40 but it's mostly at our back, so we're able to take a back cast with our flies, duck like you were going to duck something coming over the top of your head, which in this case is the missile of your fly, and just let the wind take it, and it'll go out 30 yards without much problem. The only problem is then when you got to retrieve and back cast again. And here we are, and we're catching a few fish. 
You couldn't stand too close to the bank because, well, it was that windy. You would get blown into the river. When out of nowhere, thunderclaps were heard. It never thunders and lightnings in Alaska. The guy we were with uh, sort of yelled uh, something I can't say on the radio, which was the equivalent of drop your rods and run and lay down. There, there isn't a tree within 100 miles of us. Here we are holding graphite rods, which are the equivalent of a lightning stick. And we're, we're the tallest object for 100 miles. And the Bering Sea is off to the west, so we're the tallest object all the way to Japan, if you look at the Bering Sea. And, and thunder is booming all around us. We laid on that tundra. Uh, one guy in our group, interestingly, decided that he couldn't separate himself from his graphite fly rod. So he laid on the tundra, face up, with his graphite fly rod stretched across his chest. Uh, we couldn't get far enough from him. And he's a great friend, so I say this not tongue-in-cheek. That's a fact. That's what happened. But um, the thunder boomed for a few minutes, and it passed. And we decided this was no place to be. We grabbed our rods, or in one case, the other two of us went back to our rods, which were some 40 yards from where we were laying. And we hightailed it back to the camp, where we were essentially housebound or cabin bound for the next 36 hours as this incredible storm of wind and rain just beat beat across from the Bering Sea and pounded the Aleutian Peninsula and Lava Creek which we were hard up against with our cabins and you literally could walk out your cabin door and go fishing absolutely magical we could hardly see Lava Creek through the rain at times. And at night, the first night when we went into our, again, clean, small, comfortable cabins, the cabins literally shook and they had metal roofs. And so as the rain pelted down upon the metal roofs, it, it sounded like a herd of elephants beating on us. And when I come back from the break, I'll tell you how the rest of the trip went because that's when things really lit up from the wildlife point of view. Back from Alaska, this is Charlie Potter. We'll be back in just a moment. And first, a message from our longtime sponsors, the Northwest Indiana and Chicagoland Chevrolet dealers. This is the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America, 720 WGN. In the field, hunters need to be alert, sense the environment around them and know exactly where they are, communicate seamlessly with their dogs. And when it comes to pickup trucks, you want the same qualities. The all-new Chevy Silverado comes with an available 4G Wi-Fi hotspot for seamless communication. It's designed to handle the toughest loads with advanced trailering technology, tough on the road and off. And the all-new design gives you more cargo space than the competition. Chevy Silverado is the most dependable, longest-lasting, full-size pickup on the road. Plus, there's never been a better time to see your local Chevy dealer about the Big Fix lease. It's an amazing lease deal that can lower your monthly payments and give you more Chevy, all for less money. That's a treasure hunt. So head to your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealer or go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and see why Chevy is the number one best-selling brand in Chicagoland, now eight years running. 
host, Charlie Potter, and the great outdoors on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Welcome back to the Great Outdoors Show. Charlie Potter, your host here on WGN Radio. And thank you for being with me this morning as I reminisce a bit about an extraordinary trip down the Aleutian Peninsula, which I just came back from in Alaska, to one of the, frankly, the most remote camps in all of Alaska, Lava Creek Lodge. In fact, I would say it's one of the remote camps you can go anywhere in the world, and spectacular. So as I said before the break, we had 36 hours of torrential rains, which is unusual. And we had wind that didn't think much of topping gusts of 60, 65 miles an hour and blowing a steady 40. It knocked us off the river, kept us in our cabins, except for walks down the beach, which we did in, in larger groups, because walking down the beach in Alaska, you're always going to see a friendly Alaskan brown bear. And I say friendly, uh, you never want to find out if they're not. We, we saw one every time, and they are the superb fishermen. And when brown bears fish in the river, it tells you there are fish in the river. Finally, after the wind broke, we came to learn that there had been so much rain up in the mountains and the volcanoes, which one of which is still active, blowing a little bit of steam, that the river had blown out. The water was the cover of chocolate milk, and really there was no way to fish, except thanks to Bill Bird and his ingenuity. He has a bird, a very small uh, single-engine plane that as the once the wind died, he was able to get in the air and take a couple individuals fishing on a creek that the water had not risen up because it didn't come straight from the mountains. And they went off and they caught silver salmon again until their arms were tired. And another group of us went duck hunting. We were flown into a small lagoon hard against the Bering Sea, and you could hear the roar of the Bering Sea just pounding. And, and the black, it's all lava, sand in this part of Alaska because it was created from volcanoes. You, the, the hard lava lava gravel underfoot, huge bear prints, and lots and lots of a bird you can't shoot, an emperor goose. Emperor geese in most of Alaska are protected, uh, and unfortunately, there's a reason they're protected, and it's not because they've been overhunted, and it's not because there's been a loss of habitat. It's because in Alaska, the natives of Alaska are still allowed to collect eggs. And when you collect eggs, you are going to absolutely crush a population. So I think you can tell in the tenor of my voice that I'm not a fan at all of subsistence hunting. I'm not a fan of it in northern Manitoba, where they spring hunt for ducks and geese, where the where the, the First Nations peoples, as they're now called in Alaska, are able to just absolutely whack away all spring with no limits. And in Alaska, they're able to collect eggs, and the emperor goose have been, as a result, have been hard hit for, for many years. We had emperor geese in our decoys. We had emperor geese at 10 yards. It's as though they know they're safe. And what a magnificent bird. As the week went on, the river finally cleared, and we were able to get back on it with, with boats and walking down the shore. And we experienced the remainder of our trip, the most extraordinary silver salmon fishing I've ever had in the world. And I've had been very blessed to have some really good silver salmon fishing. I can tell you that I have never seen numbers like this. We had, we had 75, 80, possibly even 100 fish 
silver, and this is landed between three people on a beach or on a sandbar in a day. Two people were able to catch 70 or more. That's probably hooking up with another 30 or 40. It, it was extraordinary. But also in Alaska, and why I go to Alaska so much, and I so enjoy it, it's the wildness at night. The full moon, when it finally cleared, here comes the full moon up over the top of the volcano. Not a cloud in the sky. We did not see the northern lights dancing, which would have been so cool to have seen the Borealis just dancing across the sky, as I've done before. But to look up and see just jillions of stars, and air so clean when you breathe it, you take it all the way deep down into your lungs. There's no smog. Your nose isn't stuffy. It's not like getting off the plane at O'Hare and saying, I'll take a deep breath, and you can't even take a breath half the time because it stinks so much when you get under the get when you get picked up in your car at O'Hare. But anyway, the point is, the air in Alaska, it's just, it's as clear, it has to be as clean as anywhere as there is in the world when you're on the Aleutian Peninsula. And, and the magic at night. And then you hear the geese going overhead as they're migrating. And the storm we weathered, it brought in many, many big flocks of cackling geese and more emperor geese. And it brought ducks in and you would hear them winging overhead at night. And we saw sandhill cranes and we saw swans. And we saw caribou, and we saw bear, and we saw moose. It was just an absolutely epic experience with nature. And here we were, again, at a place that's so remote. Forget about having a phone. There's no such thing. Electricity doesn't exist except with a generator. And yet the camp was spotless and well-run, and the guides very, very nice. And I don't do sales pitches. As you've listened to me on the air for more than 20 years, you know I don't do sales pitches. That's not my job here. But I will tell you that Lava Creek Lodge has got their act together. And if you want a really remote experience and you're willing, I will say, willing to rough it from the point of view that it's a long way from anywhere, it's not roughing it once you're there. The food was fabulous. Accommodation's clean. Very simple, but clean. This is the best place I've ever, ever been to catch silver salmon in September. So it'll be a year. I hope it's a year again when I go back to Alaska. I don't want to miss it again. COVID is the only time I've missed it in the past dozen. But when I think about it, the memories of Alaska carry me, indeed, they carry me for a year. And it's the air, and it's the thrill of the game, and it's the full experience, and it's stepping back in time, and it's being able to, to live outdoors and just to have the magic of Alaska. And for those of you who haven't been, Alaska's a huge state. There's a lot to see. It's a place you really need to go. And for those of you who have, I hope I brought back some fond memories of you as well. And I did not have any incidents with bears, which was just wonderful. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back next Sunday morning with much more on the great outdoors. And we'll get back to some business of things that need to be taken care of as far as policy, et cetera. This is Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voices Chicago and America, 720 WGN.